Welcome to We Are Free. I am your host, Becky Morquecho, and you're listening to episode 12. This is a podcast about letting go of what we think our lives should look like in the sweet freedom God has for us on the other side of surrender. My guest today is Sarah Jung Earnhardt, and Sarah is an experienced educator turned serial entrepreneur. She is inspired to have a lot of different creative ventures, such as her businesses, Faithful Artisans, and As We Dwell, which is a showroom for designers and artists, a co-working space, and an event venue for her local community in Los Angeles. Sarah loves anything vintage, DIY projects, extreme sports and adventures, delicious food, and traveling the world, and Jesus. Sarah, welcome to We Are Free. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me as yeah. well. I didn't know you were into extreme sports. This yeah. is something new. <laughs> what are your favorites? What do you do? I mean, you know, like I like to go snowboarding, you know, I've gone like skydiving and I'm willing to try like pretty much anything really, yeah. you know? That's um, yeah. So I've been skydiving mm-hmm. once. Jesse and I went in South Africa and it was so fun. Yeah, it really was. I mean, it's like one of those feelings where I, I can't, there's nothing else I can, can compare it. The only thing that can come close is like experiencing Holy Spirit mm. and like <laughs> have that journey, you know? Without but, jumping out of a plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Um, I'm so excited. Sarah and I met, I don't know how many years ago it was now, but we were at the Yellow Conference. Uh, mm-hmm. I love yellow, the color and the conference. And we we're in line for like some yogurt, something we didn't know each other. And we met yeah. and very quickly started talking like deep conversation. Um, <laughs> at the time, like I was waiting for a baby. And at the time, Sarah was waiting to meet her partner, her husband. And it was just so cool because we were two strangers, but we in our lives and the thing we were waiting for was so different. But like it was so nice to connect with somebody who just was experiencing something like that. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I wanted to bring Sarah on to talk about um, what she faced and what she dealt with and what that looked like to be single um, in your 30s. I think it's something I mean, I have a couple friends who we've chatted about it, but I don't see a lot of conversation around it. Um, I could be wrong. Maybe I'm looking in the wrong places. But yeah. um, Sarah, if you could first just tell us just a little bit about your story um, so far and mostly, I guess, just about like how you thought your love story would go. Yeah, of course. Um, so I grew, grew up in a Christian family, both grandfathers, Presbyterian pastors. Um, and my kind of just like what religion was to me was just very much just the fear of God in, in the sense of like, if I didn't do something, you know, he would punish me kind of, that Mm -hmm. was the extent of my relationship with God. Um, and I did things because it was the right thing to do. Um, and, um, and that's pretty much how I lived my life. Just like I lived in a, uh, my parents were super protective and conservative, so I couldn't ever party, do anything or whatever. So uh, I think I thought my escape would be like, get married early. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you could do whatever you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> so like, um, yeah, I, I had always been in a relationship of some kind from when I was like, you know, 15. And so like, even with my girlfriends, it was like, oh, Sarah's going to be the first one to get married. Cause it was always like long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I thought maybe the latest 25 I would be by the time I would get married, but 
God has other plans mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think even though like I dotted my eyes, crossed my T's and it felt like I was living a life that was, you know, proper and good and right. I just still felt such an emptiness inside of me. Um, even though I felt like here I got a, a job as a respectable teacher and I, you know, and I, and it was at a very prominent school and I would volunteer at church here and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. all the time. And, but yet something in, inside of me felt such an emptiness. And, and it was, um, the summer of 2013 where like, you know, God has like a very unique way in which how he meets people. And for me, it was through CrossFit. (laughs) (laughs) One of my friends like posted on Facebook that he was like, um, dying from CrossFit and, you know, I've been wanting to try it. So I just kind of, I said, where and when do you go? Like, take me with you. And then it happened to be like at the rooftop of his building. And he said it was free. And I was like, what? Like, it's free. I go, sign me up. I'm there. And mm-hmm. then when I went, like, it was so different from what I thought it was going to be. Like, I enter and he asked me to meet, meet him at an apartment. And I go in there and there's, like, people were just, like, worshiping. And, and they were singing songs with hands raised. And I was just like, I thought I came here to work out. Like, <laughs> what's going on here? I guess like, that's what they like to do. They like to set the tone by like, you know, you know, worshiping God first, and then they'll go to the rooftop and work out. So this group, they call themselves ChristFit instead of CrossFit. Okay. You know? I've never heard of this. <laughs> yeah. It was like an exercise group and okay. it just like, I just never experienced anything like it. And then, and then after the end of the workout session, which was like an amazing workout session, Someone ended up, someone just randomly came to me and asked if they could pray for me. And I had no idea, like I was a complete stranger, by the, but as this person was praying, I was like sobbing. Mm. And then I was so embarrassed. I just like, right when the prayer ended, I was like, I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> but somehow I was drawn back in to this group. I kept showing up, you know, because something was, I finally, I felt something internally. Yeah. And that was the start of me experiencing the love of God. And it like, that was the point where I started to open myself up to what uh, a relationship with God lo- would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the start of the Lord just really like, you know, just kind of like dismantling a lot of just my old thoughts and my old ways of like thinking um and so yeah and so I made like very early on I was like okay like I've never been single before so I'm gonna like really be single yeah. you know? like set it to like you know now I've become friends with this group of people that I work out with and like I like said it out loud to a few brothers that I've become friends with and and then a month later like one of the brothers was like I've been praying and I think <laughs> <laughs> I want to get to know you more and so forth. And so this, since this was a different approach from like before, I was like, maybe like I should, you know, guys been praying about it. Why not? You know, I mean, like he's not like typically my type, but you know, like maybe that was my problem. I dated the wrong guy. Um, so that was the start, like the very, I would say like 
the first like really like spiritual relationship where I yeah. had um, where he kept me accountable mm-hmm. and but I think five months in like out of nowhere you know he kind of like you know felt that God was like telling him that we shouldn't be together I mean that was a very very hard you know that was yeah. hard because like if God's saying it, it's like what can you say you know yeah. and so can't rebuttal that so <laughs> how old were you at that point um, I was 30. What, so that was 2014. So how okay. old I was like five years 30. ago. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it was like 35, okay. you know, um, 34, 35. Yeah. Um, and I thought he was the one, you know, I really truly believed because like, it was such a different approach. He said he had been praying about it and so forth. And the next five months later, he's like, well, you know, I feel like God's telling me that we shouldn't be together. So I think that's when I met you. I think yes. I remember you yeah. telling me about this. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then I felt like that was the t- point where I was like, you know what? I'm really going to be single. I'm going to, I read a book. This time for real. <laughs> Even if somebody says they're praying about it this time, I'm really going to be single. Yes. Yes. And there was a book that really was super helpful for me that I read. It was called um, the, Your Knight in Shining Armor. Uh-huh. And Christian female author that had written and I can't think of her name, but she like makes you like sign a thing, like at the start of it saying that you're going to remain single for at least a year. Wow. (laughs) Dang. So like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to like, I'm going to do it this time a year, you know? Um, and you know, and I really felt like very compelled to like, and I knew, and I felt like by the end of that year, the Lord will surely bring my husband. Surely, God, it's been a year. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sticking to the the commitment. You yeah. Know? Um, a year later, like turns into a second year, turns into a third year, turns into a fourth year, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, four years had gone by, and yeah. I've been single, you know. But you know. The thing about it was that um, when I obviously like I was looking more at the time back then, but now that I've had some time to really reflect, like when I look back at it, the the day before my uh, my boyfriend, the the spiritual boyfriend broke up, I basically made a commitment to God. I said. I learned about like these like spirits, these like Jezebel spirits. I don't know, like, the, you know, like King Ahab's wife. And I learned about like all these like spirits that, that were evil. And I was just, and then it was like this teaching and they, she, she had us like write, draw this like heart on a black construction paper and write down the things that we recognize in our hearts. And I was, I was writing some of them down. I was like, Oh my gosh, I have like so many of these things, you know? And at that point, it was so like, because I was like looking at this paper, I I, like pretty, I told God, I said, God, like all this stuff that I wrote down, like I give you permission to root every single one of these things out of my heart because like, I don't want it. I just, whatever you got to do, I want you to like take this all out. And that's what he did for the past four years. He was like, 
It was like the next day. I, I now see it was like because I dared to pray that prayer. The next day, finally, the Lord was like, okay, we're going to go in singlehood. And that's when, you know, that my boyfriend at the time broke up with me. And so like, wow, that was the next day. Yeah, it was the next day. That's crazy. I mean, maybe it's not crazy. Maybe it's (laughs) conviction. Like, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. So um, it took, I mean, when you think four years, you think, wow, that's a lot of years. But like, really, I feel like it was so supernatural that he worked a yeah. lot of those things out of my heart in such a short span of time, you know? Right. So what, go, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Oh no, go ahead. I was just going to say, so for four years, like in your mid thirties, like yeah. what was that like? Like just in society, I don't know. I've come from the perspective of like waiting from a bit for a baby and having people like yeah. ask about, are you going to have a family? Do you even want to have a family? Like do yeah. people bring this up a lot to you or I guess what is, what did it look like? Yeah. Um, yes, definitely. People would always bring it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my answer would be, well, you know, I feel like right now is a time that I am like to like really grow my relationship with God. So I think, um, I think I'm just going to continue to just trust that in his timing, he'll let me know when I'm ready to start dating again. And I think by like the third year, I really truly was a little bit afraid to start dating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, am I going to date the wrong guys again? Yeah, (laughs) right. Like you You go through all this. I'm trying to do it all right. Get right in my heart and with God. And yeah, yeah, don't want to screw it all up. And by the fourth year, I did finally feel the the open door to start dating again. Um, And I did. I dated the wrong guys. (laughs) (laughs) We all make mistakes. Um, I realized that I I have this thing like which is like a, truly a gift, but also probably like uh, a little bit of that a, a curse too. It could be a curse, you know. Is I see like whenever I meet people, I see the gold in them. Mm-hmm. So I don't see like them as they are today, but I see them as who you know they would be as they like you know continue to like grow and um, grow in their relationship with God and so forth. Just because I've seen God do such a radical work in my life Mm -hmm. that I I just, I now naturally see people that way. It's like, oh, okay, God worked so much in my life. Like I could see that being done in anyone's life. And so, yeah. So then that's kind of like how I ended up like (laughs) dating the wrong guys. I just like totally saw the gold in them and like, yeah not so good choices, but God was very gracious and good in it. He like, in those moments when I like, I did, I like fell into a place of complete like depression when Mm -hmm. I did like make that wrong decision, you know, but the Lord met me and it would and and I wouldn't say like, it was like this, like, it was just like in that moment of like despair, he just like came and he didn't rebuke me. He didn't like, like, all I felt was his love and just saying, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I love you just as you are. You know, I created you. And because of that, like, I just, I knew that this was part of the process, you know? Yeah. What was the um, hardest part for you? Like during those four years? The hardest part was, I think, yeah, I, I, truly like making a mistake, really? you know? Yeah. Like truly, I really felt like, um, are you an Enneagram one? 
Do you I'm, know? A, I'm a two. Okay. With a three wing. Okay. So I'm a one and there's a lot of like not wanting to make mistakes in there. <laughs> uh, and I think that's the chief, because I think a three is an achiever. So mm-hmm. that's the achievement side of me mm-hmm. where I, like, I'm a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. And so... Yeah. I think the hardest part, it was two things. It was making a mistake and waiting. The waiting period is just like, and I'm, I'm such a feeler. And I think for me, I've come to recognize and realize like what I, my struggle is anxiety and depression, you know? So those are the two things that I think will, is like one of my, you know, my struggles and I'm going to always have to fight to like move out of them. Like, Mm -hmm to recognize and see that that's the state in which I'm in and then and really like prayerfully partner with the Lord and getting me out of that, that, that space. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so good. And it's probably, I'm not probably, it is so great that you knew that God was working on you during that time so that you could see that. And it wasn't just like, why me? Why me? I had a lot of that in some early years of infertility of the why me God, you know? Um, but then once I realized what he was doing, it was still hard, but like so different because I knew what he was doing. Um, and I think that's just such a gift, like recognizing and hearing and like seeing God and knowing like full well that like, no, he's actually doing something right now. And it just, it's comforting, even though it's so hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you said, even though I knew it, it still was like so hard. Yeah. Did you, do you have any friends that were also single? Like anybody like in your group of friends? A lot of friends that were in the same place as, as I was. And so, um, then I started to like have prayer partners. I would actually like pray with, with certain girlfriends. Like if I felt like, um, I don't know if, if I felt that the Lord was really putting it on my heart to like pray with them, like we would pray together. And so sure enough, like every single one of them that I prayed with, like they all got married first. <laughs> like it must be my prayers. I'm praying some good prayers. Um, but I was like, but Lord, where's my husband? Yeah. <laughs> because here we're like, you know, my girlfriends that I was praying with and they're, they're finding their husbands, but where's my husband? And yeah. Yeah. So yeah, of course I had those moments because we're human and right. you know, the waiting is, the struggle is real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did God surprise you like throughout those years? Like you knew he's working, but like, how did he show up in ways that you just weren't expecting? Um, gosh. And so many, okay. So one of the things I then realized is after the four years of God really working on my heart was like, I felt like judgment was like one of the biggest things that he felt like was like stifling in my life. And so when I realized that judgment was the thing that I had a heart, you know, that he wanted to root out, I was like, okay, God, what's the quickest way you can root judgment out? And it was, um, the idea that came to my mind was online dating. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, like, so let's do this. I'll cap it out. The reason why online dating came to mind was because I was very, overly critical with my girlfriends who were doing it. And I said, God does not need online dating <laughs> together. Like he's bigger than that. He can, you know, that's not him. And, and so I just like how I basically said, how do I know? Like if I haven't even done it myself, like how would I really, really know, you know? 
And so I gave it a good go and I gave myself like a, an actual full month to like try it. Mm-hmm. And I set parameters. I was like, okay, one month. And then like, I'm going to just date guys that, you know, typically I would normally say no to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because typically like I have like a list of things that I'm always looking for. I'm like, but how do I know that like these guys who have shown interest and I automatically say no to that they wouldn't be a good fit if I hadn't even give them an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I went on dates with guys of like different religion from like Buddhist to agnostic. Cause I was like, do I have to marry a Christian or is my faith strong enough that like, you know, I can withstand a marriage that, you know, might have different faith. You know, mm-hmm. I was, I just wanted to know like different races as well too, because my parents were very adamant that they wanted me to marry a Korean man. Uh, And so, and that was one area I didn't want to fight them in. So I did end up always dating a Korean person, Mm -hmm. but it was always such a struggle. And so I, you know, started to date people of different races. And, and so, and it was towards the tail end of that, that, me doing online dating that I ended up coming across a dad on my profile. And <clears throat> I never in a million years ever would consider like dating somebody who was, who had been previously married, who had a 10 year old kid. I just was like, that's no, that's not even like, why would God put me in a position like that? <laughs> like I've never been married, you know, like why would he do that? Yes. Yeah. Um, but I was like, you know, here I go again, being all (laughs) mental. So I'm like, okay, one date with one dad. But if I choose this dad, I want to make sure I like this. This dad actually loves their kid at at least, you know, like I figure that out, but I'll, and so then sure enough, his profile, like every single picture were were with his son. Mm -hmm. This dad seems like a very proud dad and who really seems to love their kid. I was like, okay, I'll go on a date with him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and the person that I felt like I connected most with was, was someone, was him, was the very person that I never. So that surprised you. (laughs) That's the surprise. It was, the surprise was online dating. Yeah. The surprise was, yes, like, um, a dad who had been previously married. Yeah. So how many, so this is Jason. This is your husband. (laughs) This is Jason, Mm -hmm. my husband. Yeah. So tell me about the first date. Like, was this something that you felt like, no, you, this might, you might have interest, but you were like trying not to let yourself or not necessarily. Um, so his approach was very different from all the other guys on online dating. Like he really took the time to get to know me before we met. And so like our conversations through text messaging were very long and extensive. And like, and so I found out a lot before we actually met in person Mm -hmm. where the other guys, they wanted to meet the next day. Mm -hmm. So I went into our first date knowing quite a bit. And, and also he, he wasn't the one who like really initiated the asking of the date. Like I like very passively was like, I wonder if you and I would actually get along this much in person. (laughs) Finally, like after three weeks of like chatting, he's like, okay, let's meet, you know? Yeah. And we met for tea. So very, something very low key, casual. And, um, and we met and it was so incredible because like, 
like we ordered our tea, we sat down and then we got into our conversation pretty quickly and they call our name. And then like here, I'm like wanting to go get the tea. <laughs> and then he's like all, all eyes on me and just like, he didn't budge at all. And you're like, just but went, our tea is going to get cold. <laughs> I know. And, and I'm just like talking. And then, um, and then I was like, should we go get, he's like, but I want you to finish your thought. Mm. And I was like, wow. Like he just was so engrossed in mm. just our conversation. And that, and that was how it was for the next four hours. We basically sat there for four hours, just talking, having tea. That sounds really <laughs> and, good. That's a good first yeah, date. Room full of people. He really made me feel like I was the only person in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, was like the biggest thing that I took away from our first date was like he really took the time to listen and he literally even though it was a room full of people he somehow made me feel like the only person in the room yeah so that's that was our first date it was tea for four hours (laughs) (laughs) and then you got married yes how soon after you guys that date did you guys Um, get married or engaged yeah it was it was pretty soon uh we went on, we first like started talking in July met in August. And then by October, he had our end of October, he had proposed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, it, but it wasn't easy that there was so much struggle because my family wasn't on board. Mm-hmm. So even though I knew he was the right person, my dad refused to meet him. And so that was the, that was a whole nother thing that I needed to like work through. But, but yeah, like October and then by, um, March, the following year is when we got married. Okay. And how old were you when you got married? Um, I was 39. Okay. 39. And Um, I'm guessing you didn't think that's how it was going to go when you were 20 years old. No, Mm -hmm. not at all. Like. 25 at the latest was what I thought. So imagine like (laughs) 14 years later, right? That's 14. Is that about right? Yeah. 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 I feel like that's a lot of girls plans. I feel like 25, yeah, by 25, 30 for sure, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Do you feel like messages, I don't know, like there's a negative connotation. How do you feel like society, media, the church, any, any of those things, like, speak about or play into like being a single woman in your thirties? Yeah. I mean, it's such a hard, I mean, I think nowadays it's probably a lot easier than it was like back, back when our parents were, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think especially because a lot of women these days are, are really wanting to work on their career as well. So Mm -hmm. there is a little bit of that. People are getting married a lot later. So I didn't necessarily feel so much of that pressure, but I think the pressure that I really felt more of like was because I've always wanted a large family and biologically like our, you know, like in scientifically, like, you know, like it's like, Oh, we, you know, by a certain time, Mm -hmm. you won't be able to like have children, you know, you're at a high risk kind of thing. So there's that. I think that was more of the pressure for me was because I've always like wanted to have uh, a family mm-hmm. and 
um, in a large family. Like I've always envisioned like five kids running around. <laughs> yeah. You got one so far, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So that's another way like God supernaturally like works it out. And then here we have now he's 12, mm-hmm. uh, year old son. Um, and so, yeah, um, that was the hard part. That was the pressure, I think, for me um, about singlehood. That was hard. Um, and then in, in regards to <sighs> singleness is one of those things where I think um, it's such a personal thing that I feel that each of us are kind of going through. And and so I've come to see that it was just like it's, it's it's in no one's place to judge or say like you know anything about it in specific you know right. and yeah I I guess my only I guess yeah I didn't let it affect me personally too much yeah that's my, great it was the only person that was really putting on the pressure was myself because of like my dream of having a large family right yeah. So that was probably the only pressure I felt. Yeah. I'm good and hard all at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hard on myself or have the tendency to be. Um, So do you feel like God, like all those things that you wrote on that black construction paper heart, like, do you feel like he helped you work through those things? Oh, a hundred percent. Like, and, and they still come up. Like I, I realized one of the things is like in, in, in the healing process, it's like, yes, like, God supernaturally heals us from these things, but it will it come up again? A hundred percent it will, but it's not to shame us. It's not to like, you know, bring us down. It's just to identify it is to just and quickly move out of it. You mm-hmm. know? So if I ever catch myself, you know, you know, in those moments of like, you know, being controlling, you know, that being one of them is like, oh my gosh, okay, I'm being controlling right now. Take take a step back, let it go. And this is a time I need to like get back into scripture and like get the truth there. So I remember and then um yeah. So come back into alignment again. Yeah. I feel like when you have things that you know that you're aware of that like you've worked through before, like when they do come up because you've worked through them before, like it's so much faster to recognize or deal with. Um, I think that's a gift too. Like it's hard work to go through it the first time, but on the other end, like later in life, I feel like it's a little bit easier. Yes. It's a lot easier to like move out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You you mentioned that one book. Is there anything else like other books that you read or anything else that was helpful for you during those four years? Of singlehood. Um, I was like, whatever. I mean, really for me, what was the most helpful was reading the Bible. That was ultimately what was my saving grace was every morning waking up. And I even like, I like created a, a, um, a prayer closet. You know, I, I watched yeah. that movie, um, War Room. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I know <laughs> the, I know the premise. <laughs> I loved it. I enjoyed it. It is cheesy. You know, no, I mean, it, it, as all, you know, a lot of Christian movies are, but whatever works, I like watch it. I absolutely loved it. So I created a war room and a legit closet like, and I put my little, I'm not very good at guitar, but (laughs) I know how to play a few chords, you know, I'll like 
play a few songs and then light my can candle, write letters to God, be in scripture. Like, I mean, that's really like how I really spent my single, my single, my singlehood when I like soberly came to this point of realizing <clears throat> what God was doing in my life. Yeah. And so that's pretty cool. It's mm -hmm. funny because at the end of the day, like that's what he wants from us, you know, like mm -hmm. he wants to have a relationship and for us to like seek him and want him to want to spend time with us. Yeah. I feel like he yeah. uses all these hard things to just draw us in even closer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if, you yeah. Ha if there was a friend of yours or anybody listening <clears throat> that is going through, that is single right now or hoping for a husband or wishing yeah. or wanting any of those things, like what is the best advice you could give her? I would definitely tell them like, you know, a singlehood is a gift and it's a gift that God wants us to really live out and enjoy. Um, so really asking ourselves, like, what does it mean to be a single godly woman and, and really truly be true to ourselves in, in really defining that, not define it based off of what the church says or what, you know, our friends say or our family says, but truly, like, if we, if we know our identity, we know ourselves, like, well enough to, like, really define that for ourselves. What does a godly and fill in the blank with your name, you know, single woman, what does that mean? What does that yeah. and be that, you know, and, and, and be okay and just stay present in it and just know and trust and believe and always know that like he, that before God even, um, knitted us in our mother's womb. I believe like scripturally, and this is what really helped me when I read Genesis two, and it was about how God created, you know, Adam, which mm -hmm. was from the ground, you know, God was created from the dust of the ground, but woman, he took such special care. He pulled us from the rib of the man. Mm -hmm. So that's creation right there. So then that means in our union, in our meeting of our husband, it's like, it'll come full circle. Like when the, when God's timing is right, you know, we will return back to that and we'll come in union and, um, and the rib will then be, you know, the mm -hmm. rib, the man will, will be, you know, coming back together as one. And so I think creation in itself is truth enough for us to know that we can hope in that. And it will like God's best is just around the corner. I think that the important thing is just to stay present in our current circumstance and what he's given and to really truly see it as a gift and not as a curse. Right. That's, that's the hard too. part. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think that's what the enemy wants us to believe that it's a curse to be single and, and it's not a curse. Um, and, and so I think that watching our language around it as well, too, I mm -hmm. think our, what we speak out breeds, you know, life into these things. So we have to be very careful about what we're breathing, you know, life into, you know, if we're saying a lot of negative things, you know, we're, that's what we're breathing, yeah. you know, that's such a yeah. good point. Yeah. Such a good point. 
Uh, Sarah, what do you feel like over the last five, 10, 15 years, what do you feel that God has set you free from? Um, he's really set me free from, um, I guess living in fantasy, you know, and thinking that it has to look like the way in which I created it in my, my own. I think that that was always like one of the biggest things. I think that would be like the root of it. Like I love, I have this like fantasy world or this dream that I've like developed. And then from there caught, like all these things come into play, you know, but I think he's really set me free from getting like falling into that rabbit hole, but instead like really seeing it through his eyes and his lens that yes, it's okay to dream and these things, but it may not be God's plan for us. And and that's okay. Yeah. And if it doesn't look like the way in which I envisioned it to look that it it's absolutely okay. You know? Um, and I'm finding that that's exactly what I'm seeing, like really happening as, as we speak, like in my marriage, like it's not, it's not easy that now that we're in it, you know, like right. it's, it's not easy at all. Like right. we are like complete polar opposites and I got one of those too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I had my own fantasy as to what marriage would look like. I did. And I'm like, I was utterly disappointed that it didn't live up to that fantasy. Um, but we're working through it, you know, like, um, and it's, it's been amazing to just watch the process. Like it's still a long journey, you know, but, um, you know, for example, like we're getting counseling, we're getting marriage therapy, we're going through therapy because, and some people are like, so soon you guys should be in honeymoon. I'm like, no, like, Marriage is tough, you know, and and I have the, friends who've been married 15 years and they go so that marriage stays good. Like I just did an episode about this a couple of weeks ago about normalizing counseling because I think it's such an incredible tool and yeah. there's a lot of stigma around it. Um, uh, good for you guys. <laughs> yeah. And so and my husband was like at first like very resistant. Mm-hmm. He didn't at all like because, you know, because of the stigma probably, yeah. you know, but he is seeing like how helpful it's been. Um, and our therapist is amazing. So we, we love him. Um, but yeah, like we are, that's what it is. Like, I think like I've been set free from this idea that life has to look like this fantasy, this dream that I've like created in my head yeah. and if it doesn't, then I failed or if it doesn't, God failed me, you know? Yeah. But true, truly like seeing that, oh no, God's God has something better in store. He hasn't, and he's going to be revealing it in, in due time. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you so much, Sarah, for just sharing all of that and being so honest. Um, <laughs> I just hope this encourages women, whether they're single, especially if they're single, but if they're just in a season of wanting something else to happen in their life. That's not happening Uh either. Um, where can people follow along uh, with you and your businesses and your adventures, your extreme sports? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My personal Instagram is S J inspired. 
Um, and then my, um, my business is as we dwell. Um, so, and then website is www.aswedwell.com. Um, so yeah, those are the two that, um, two ways that you can stay connected with me. So yeah. Great. Thank you so (laughs) much for coming on the show and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Again, don't forget to check out the show notes where we have all of the info and links and resources we talked about in the show. You can go to beckymorquecho.com, B-E-C-K-Y-M-O-R-Q-U-E-C-H-O.com. Thanks for listening in. 